messing with the status quo. <laughs> See, the, the thing about that is people didn't know that that's actually who my dad was. Um, growing up under his leadership in the different churches that he pastored everywhere uh, we went, he messed with the status quo. One of the churches that we went to, they had a, a choir loft that had like a lattice work that you couldn't actually see the choir. It was like wood and all of this stuff. So my dad just took it down. He didn't like it. People were so upset that my dad had changed and he did a bunch of other things. So I just come by it honestly. So I'm just, I'm blaming my dad basically. <laughs> They'll be here in second service. Well, thanks for being here this morning and being a part of the Vision Sunday. Um, and thanks Oral and Annie uh, for that uh, great retrospective. So good. They truly are one of the most uh, faithful attenders of our church and, and serving uh, just great people. Um, just another thing that we're celebrating today is 11 years ago today, we actually moved into this building for the very first time. It was our first Sunday. <laughs> February the 5th, 2012. And uh, I always tell some young pastors, you know, that, that they love our building and it's amazing. We've been able to um, do so many different things here in this building. We've had leadership conferences. We've had youth conferences. We've had children's events. We've had men's events, women's events. Uh, we have a youth conference coming up that we're hosting um, for youth pastors next month. Just, we've tried to use this building as it's uh, just been given to us. Uh, we want to use it to be a blessing to others. Um, but that 16 months before leading up into actually coming into the building was the busiest 16 months for Nicole and I and our family and moving into this new building and uh, doing all of the things necessary for renovations. And what we did is we shut down our old building. We had sold it. And then that Sunday and then the following Sunday, we moved in here. And during that last week, and there's a bunch of stuff that you can't do leading up to uh, opening up the building. And so from that Sunday to the next Sunday, all of the carpet squares that are underneath your feet, none of them were there. And I laid them all. Now, it, wa it wasn't actually a good idea looking back. Part of the reason that I laid them all is because I didn't like the way other people in our church were laying the carpet tiles. <laughs> so it was a little bit of a control thing. I'm like, I didn't want any gaps in our auditorium. So from that Sunday to, I mean, I, I was doing like 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. laying all these carpet squares. It was really a stupid idea. I would never do it again if we have a new building. Um, <laughs> but we just did a bunch of things and then we were able to celebrate on uh, February 5th. 2012. And so I'm not going to tell the whole building story. It's just, it's a great miracle story for our church. And so we celebrate that today. And so much of it has to do with the faithfulness of my parents and uh, their desire um, to have a building, a brand new building that we are um, standing and sitting in right now. I just want to make mention of the merch that we have. Um, I'm wearing one of the merch sweaters we have, and I just recommend it. It's like wearing a marshmallow. And all of this isn't me. I mean, I feel like, I know it feels like I'm, I was fasting last month. It's there, okay. <laughs> the company that printed on these, they said, this is the nicest sweater that they had ever printed on. Just to let you know, it's a good warm sweater for you. <laughs> Clapping for the merch. Um, another thing I just want to make mention of is, is my wife. Um, you know, a lot of people, she hasn't been in service. It's not that she doesn't love me or we're not having issues or something like that. 
<laughs> we reopened City Kids back in September and Nicole, except for one Sunday, Nicole has been in there every Sunday serving. Just wanted to let you know. And uh, yeah, give it up for my wife. And, you know, she loves uh, the kids' ministry at our church. Previous uh, to this season, she had led our kids' ministry for about five years. And so she saw the necessary uh, time for her to go back in and help train up some new volunteers and to set some standards for us. And Ruth is doing a great job uh, leading kids' ministry, but we needed the old pro back in there. And so Nicole stepped up and stepped into kids' ministry. And uh, I would think that some of you should follow her example. Amen. <laughs> She'll be back though soon, whenever. She, she's like, it's gonna be really hard to step out of kids ministry. She's getting attached to teaching the kids. And then some of the kids are like giving, them, giving her drawings and stuff like that. And so Nicole like loves these little pictures that the kids are giving them. I'm like, babe, we, we can't keep other children's drawings. <laughs> we actually have boxes in our basement of all of the artwork that our girls created at, at City Kids. So we can't keep other, a suite and everything, but we just can't keep these things. Um, just a couple other things I wanted to make mention of before we just dive into the message this morning. Um, I don't know if you remember back in about May of last year, I mentioned that I was gonna go see our region's MPP. Um, I was not satisfied with how the church uh, was treated during the government response during COVID. And so I, I mentioned that I was gonna go see our MPP. I was just waiting for the appropriate time for things to die down, if anybody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, the appropriate time to go see her and have a discussion just about, I'm assuming that the government's gonna do some sort of retrospective on COVID response, what it led to, maybe some of the unintended consequences of the, some of the things that went on during COVID. And so I just wanted to speak to her specifically about churches and worshiping communities and how they're actually very important in the province. And they, they are providing uh, something in our province. And there's many people that attend worship gatherings on a monthly basis, um, you know, according to StatsCan. And this was some of the things that I said to her. There's 3 million people who on a weekly or a monthly basis attend a worship gathering. And that actually has a great effect on our province. And, you know, we had a good discussion and I said, and she's like, well, thank you for coming and sharing. She said, a lot of times people just don't come in. They just send angry letters. Um, but I went in and had a, a dignified conversation with her. And then after the discussion, I said, so where do we go from here? What is it that we can actually do? And she said, well, let me reach out to one of my colleagues. And uh, her colleague who was over the, the mental health um, of Ontario, or at least the has that in their portfolio. I'm gonna reach out to them and maybe we could host a gathering with some pastors. And I said, absolutely, we would love to host it at the city church. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, we had two MPPs here on the stage and I invited a bunch of pastors and she invited some other religious leaders um, in the area. And we just had a great discussion as to the benefits of churches for Ontario. I quoted Harvard studies. You'd been very proud of me. <laughs> And I'm like, this proves this and this proves this and therefore the church should be essential in Ontario. So we had about an hour and a half meeting and uh, she followed up with one of our team members that we're gonna have a follow-up discussion. And so we're gonna move and try to make some things happen uh, in the province of Ontario for the future church because I don't want any pastor 
in the future to have to go through what we went through and a bunch of other pastors that I know went through, a bunch of, a bunch of other churches shut down during COVID. That's terrible. We don't want that. And so we wanted to do something. And uh, I mentioned this on our worship and prayer night at the beginning of January to the the people that were there that night that they could pray and thank you so much for praying but I'm asking all of you now that you would continue to pray um, so that we could see some definitive action um, in our province as it relates to the church, not just the city church, but churches in Ontario. And uh, so there's a bunch of things happening. So I would just encourage you to pray and see where we can end up with that and I will report back to you. So that'll be it's like something exciting that we're working on. Um, amen. Um, One other thing I wanted to make mention of, about a a year and a half ago, we uh, sowed a financial seed into uh, Cities Church, which is in Brandon. You know, Pastor Ben Karahije, he's ministered here a couple times. And so he was uh, planning to plant plant a brand new campus in the city of Winnipeg. So they finally got to it about a couple weeks ago. And so he texted me with excitement and he texted me uh, to thank you. We invested $5,000 into the planting of their brand new campus and they had over 200 people on their first Sunday. So that is so exciting for us that we uh, not only get to have church here at the city church, but uh, because of the position God has given to us, we're able to bless other churches and bless other pastors and just come alongside other churches, some smaller churches, and then train them in certain areas and stuff like that. So this is just a tremendous blessing uh, for us to be able to do that. And I'm no longer actually the young guy disrupting all of the things. Apparently, I'm a little bit older now. I don't know how this happened. Um, You know, just 29 years ago, Nicole and I showed up, 24 years old, youth pastors, fresh out of Bible school, and and I guess I'm 53 now. So... Uh, just a couple other practical things, just to let you know. I don't know if parents, if you've noticed in the last little while, it's really cold in our city kids' rooms. The reason is that our um, heating and air conditioning unit on the roof, our 15-ton unit, actually failed back in July. So we ordered a brand new unit. Um, and because of supply chain issues, it wasn't supposed to arrive until November. And then November rolled around and they said, oh, it's actually going to be February And I'm like, okay, it needs to be February because it's cold now, it's winter, and we need our new unit, so it's actually getting installed tomorrow. Praise God. So don't disrupt the supply chain is what I would say. Anyway, it's another topic. One other thing I just want to make mention of, we actually have a tenant, uh, an accounting uh, firm that... Their, their office is actually behind this wall. And um, during COVID, they actually had more people working from home, so they needed less space. Um, so they offered a thousand square feet back to us that we're actually gonna reclaim as a church. And it's actually right in the corner of this wall. And so we're gonna um, take that thousand square feet and renovate it. We're gonna build a couple new walls and then we're gonna, it's gonna be a multi-purpose room, but it's gonna be a room for our city team on Sunday. And there's, we're gonna have, be able to have some storage in there and it'll be a multi-purpose room. We'll have some. Uh, TVs and microphones in there and we'll be able to use it for classes and different things. So I just wanted to let you know ahead of time. Um, so during Legacy in June, we're gonna receive an offering to help pay for those renovations over there. So that's another great thing uh, that we have coming up uh, this year. So all of those things are exciting. And uh, so we're gonna just talk a little bit briefly this morning about vision, that the vision that we have uh, for the City Church, you can see your prayer card. And, and the three points that I wanna to touch on today are actually on your prayer card. This is your card. 
card to take home uh, to agree with us in prayer. And uh, our vision for our church springs from our mission statement. Our mission statement is moving people closer to Jesus. And really, that is just a shorter version of the Great Commission, which we talked a lot about last year um, in our discipleship series. And so the vision that we have for, for church, and a little bit described in the testimony that Oral and Annie gave, and, and my wife being presently in City Kids, that we are um, a, a multi-generational church, and, and we have to be. The church has to be a multi-generational church. Uh, represented in our choir this morning, we, have, we had some uh, grandmas in there, and then we had some teenagers. And that's what church should be like. We, we should have all generation at the church, all generations at the church, but that we should be continually investing in the next generation. That we should see um, the young men and women coming behind us, that they're going to be leaders in the church, but then they're also going to be leaders in the nation. And we need good Christian young men and women who are not just giving into secularism, not just falling for all the nonsense in the world. They're actually going to follow Jesus and they're going to show up in our nation and they're going to make a difference in our nation as we invest in them, as we teach them about eternal principles from the word of God, not fall for the nonsense again of secularism and all that it's presenting to our young people today. But we as a church, we want to invest in the next generation. We want to invest in children and students. And then just like that, they'll be 53. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You get old quick. Amen, you do. And then we have to always be looking back and, and, and bringing somebody up behind us. So everybody at church, there's always somebody younger than you at church. And this is one of the things that we do in City Kids with our older City Kids as they move into grade five, that area that we, hey, you need to be a leader in this classroom. You're not just here for yourself, but that you can help the great ones. And then when we, they move into junior high and then the older junior hires help the younger junior hires. And then as you move into high school, the older high schoolers help the younger high schoolers. And then you become a young adult. And then there's people in their later 20s who are able to help uh, the young adults as they transition from school to career and they have to start adulting. What are we going to do with our lives and how are we going to figure these things out and how are we going to continue to follow Jesus all the way through our 20s and our 30s and every decade should help the previous decade. And, and young married should be able to look to somebody who's, you know, married five years and 10 years and they could help them through those first difficult years of transition and all the things that goes through when you get married. And we should be like this as a church. And I think this is a biblical thing for us to do that we should always be looking behind us for someone younger and say, how can I help them? How can I serve them? What can I do for them? Uh, just mentioning some scriptures about vision. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says this, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it for still the vision awaits. It's appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. So we wanna write things down. We wanna be aware of what we are moving towards as a church. Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says, where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. We need a vision for every area of our lives. We need a vision for our marriage, if you're married or you wanna be married. You need a vision for that. You need a, a vision for your finances. You need a vision for your parenting. You need a vision for all of the things in your life. What is coming ahead? Otherwise, what are you shooting towards? You don't know where you're going without vision. And we at church, we need to know what we're moving towards. And one of these things 
is that we would engage the next generation. So for us as a church, we do. We want to be engaged. We want to be intentional. We want to be committed. I love what Oral and Andy said just about being committed. And this isn't the only church in Mississauga um, to be committed to. And, but you need to be committed somewhere. Be planted in the house of God. Not just here, there, and everywhere, and around. No, get committed. and Because you, you need to commit to someone. You need to commit to someone younger than you so that you can help disciple individuals. So we all need to be committed to the family of God. So we have different environments here as a church. We have a bigger environment that we have medium-sized environments. We just started um, City School, which we're going to launch again this spring, a, a middle-sized environments. And then we have smaller environments where discussion can happen and we can go through life together in our city groups, which just kicked off this week, which is great to hear some stories already coming from our city groups, all of the good things there. And so we need to be interested in the next generation. And we need everyone on board. Are you here this morning? Everybody. Everybody's got to be doing this. Everybody's got to be thinking about, oh, I, I know somebody five years younger than me. I know somebody 10 years younger than me. I can be an encouragement to them. I can help them follow Jesus. Psalm 102 verse 18 says this. Let this be recorded for a generation to come that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. So we get to be at church and we get to worship and we get to be in this wonderful building and we get to hear the word of God. But we also have a responsibility as the church that a generation that's not even born yet, that there needs to be a church in Mississauga so that when those kids are born, they can come and hear about Jesus. See, God is planning for the future. We need to plan for the future. And there will be some other young pastor one day that will show up on the stage and will disrupt a bunch of things, <laughs> change some stuff. But the gospel will be the same. That Jesus will be glorified that his name will be lifted up. And we know that when we draw all men to Jesus, they will experience God's salvation. They will, the Holy Spirit will be the real thing on the inside of them. They will know God for themselves. That the style is not actually that important. Here, our worship style looks like this 20 years from now. It won't look like this, but who cares? Jesus will still be the same. Jesus will still be on the throne. God's word will forever be eternally true. And this is what we are pointing young people to. Psalm 145 verse four, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. The apostle Paul uh, writing to Timothy, a young pastor is setting forth an example of discipleship. And he says in 2 Timothy two verse one, you then my child talking to Timothy, not as physical child, as child in the faith. He's saying to Timothy, a pastor, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That we have a relationship with Jesus as a gift. Be strengthened in this grace. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So the apostle Paul is training Timothy and then Timothy is choosing people who will then train other people. This is a generational thing. God is a God of generations, not a generation. 
And so for all of us, regardless of our age, all of us one day are gonna be grandparents, right? Are you here this morning? Oh, it's never coming. It's coming. And you want a church for your grandchildren. Everybody should want a church that their grandchildren can hear about Jesus, right? Now, I'm not gonna get into a bunch of things about style right now, but the church that I grew up in, they put us in the basement, in a dank, cold basement with a steel door that was like a prison. And it would close and it had a chain and made a noise. They closed the door and then some mean old person that had really bad clothes and didn't smell good was teaching us about Jesus. And in my young mind, I'm thinking there's gotta be a better way. <laughs> this is why all of our city team people have to wear a uniform because we don't know what they're gonna wear. <laughs> no, it's true because listen, and again, I'm a church kid and just automatically if everything at church seems old and irrelevant, in a kid's mind, this is old and irrelevant. It doesn't mean anything for my life. Church should actually be a fun place to go. Are you here this morning? Church needs to be a fun, great place for kids. Ellen talked about an old song from 1996. And then for some of you are like, old songs are not from 1996. <laughs> some of you are like, I was 60 in 1996. This is not old songs. But we should love that. Older people in the room, you should love that. We shouldn't demand that they sing the hymns of the church. Hey, we're gonna sing a hymn once in a while. But we're not, gonna, we're not gonna make it about the stuff that made sense for you when you were a kid or me. Are you here this morning? We gotta make it make sense for them. We gotta understand the world that they are growing up in and bring Jesus to them. Amen. A church for generations. A church for generations. Second point, the second point on your prayer card is that we are here, the city church is here to bless the city. To be a blessing in the city is one of the reasons why we changed our name to the city church. I'm gonna read you a couple verses here in a second. That we are here for the city. City's not here for us. We are here for the city. And it's one of the reasons why I went to visit our MPP because I feel like there's some amnesia as to what the church provides for the province and for the nation. But we're here to bless the city. We're here to do good things for the city. We're here to preach the gospel to the city. We're here to teach about God's eternal ways. Are you here this morning? God's design for marriage and what that means from God's word, not something that we would dream up today and think this is better. It's not better. It's the secularism. And there is no end to it. But God's design for marriage is the best one. Can I get an amen today? And I don't hate anybody and I'm not mad. <laughs> We're here to bless the city, preach the gospel, serve. We need to be in the city because this is where the people are. 
people can hear about Jesus. We have stories about events that we've done with, with some of our city groups, just going out and serving, just going out and do good things for people. And people are like, well, what church are you guys from? And they're like the city church. And so they come to the church and then they get discipled because of ways that we've served the city. We should keep doing this. Are you here today? We should do this year after year, decade after decade, long after we're gone, that there should be a church in the city that cares about the city and is here to serve the city. Jeremiah 29. I don't have time to lay out the full context here, but Jeremiah uh, is sending a letter to the children of Israel who are in exile in Babylon. In other words, the place that isn't their final destination, and this isn't, Mississauga is not our final destination. The new heavens and the new earth is our final destination in the kingdom of God. But for now, we're exiles. Now we're here in the city, in Mississauga or Milton or Brampton or Tobacco or Toronto, wherever you are from, Oakville, Burlington, wherever you live. We are exiles in these cities. And Jeremiah writes to the exiles, says, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles who I have sent into the exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens, eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters a marriage, ouch, then they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city. We're here for the city. How are we gonna seek the welfare of the city? That people actually need to know Jesus. People need a relationship with God. This is the number one way we seek the welfare of the city. God's ways are eternal. Be a blessing in this city. And says, where I have sent you, index, I've sent us here. And pray to the Lord on its behalf, the city that we live in. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. We want the city to flourish. We want to be a blessing in the city. So what we want to do as a city church, that we would pray for the next generation of leaders, for the church and for the nation. That we would continue to pray, God make us a blessing. One of the ways I believe is this meeting that we got to have with the MPPs that we want to be a blessing in the city. Matthew 5 verse 13 says this, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out, trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The people will see the good things that we do as a city church, that we preach, that we provide an environment for friendships, we provide an environment for children to grow up. We are an amazingly diverse group of people that just calls each other family. We're just a family. Whereas the world is tearing itself apart with all of its differences, we come together from all different places and upbringings and we call each other family and we love each other. This is how we can be a city 
on a hill, that we can be a difference maker, that people will see the good things that we do. And then they will glorify God. We will do good things. See, we're, again, we're, we're enamored with the things that we believe and we should have a good set of doctrine, a good set of beliefs about the scripture and about who Jesus is. But people will see the good things that we do not be impressed by what we believe. But they will be interested in what we believe if we do good things. We wanna be a blessing in the city. And finally, the final point on your prayer card is growth, that we all would be growing in our faith in God, from the youngest to the oldest. And we think about faith, it's not some blind leap. Faith as we would see it in the scripture is a relational word that would, I would put my ultimate trust in God. And this is good for everybody. Don't put your trust in the secularists They're just making stuff up as they go. They're just making it up, friends. But we're gonna put our trust in God. We're gonna rely on God forever, for our eternity. I'm gonna put my trust in him that our faith would grow. Proverbs chapter three, verse five says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him, all of our ways. It's not a part that we're leaving God out. That Jesus truly would be our Lord. In other words, he has the highest place in my heart, not me. Not what I think, not what I want. That I'm yielding myself to him. The one who loves me the most. The one who created me. The one who desires a good future for me that he's the one that I give my life to. I trust him in all, with all of my ways. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. John six verse 27 says this, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you. For on him, God, the father has sent his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? What do we need to do here, Jesus, to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So what are we gonna do? What's the work of God? Believe in him. Now that doesn't mean just believe that he's there. It means put your trust in him. Jesus has God's seal of approval. So we put our trust in him. Verse 30. So they said to him, what, then what, what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. The thing that will satisfy me, the thing that I'm looking for, 
that my true identity is found in Christ. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That Jesus is the only thing and he who satisfies, putting our trust in him. And finally this, Hebrews 11, six says, and without faith, is it impossible to please him? For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. That we would believe in him, that we're putting our faith in him, it pleases him. And then it doesn't just end there, there's actually a benefit to putting our trust in God. At the end of the uh, message service last week, somebody asked me the question, we were talking about Joseph and I mentioned about a God-given dream and I wasn't necessarily focusing on dreams per se in the message. And they said, well, what constitutes a God-given dream? How do we know that a dream is from God? It was a really good question. And I I think we, we go back to the call of Abraham. The call of Abraham says to him, I'm gonna bless you to make you a blessing. See, the purpose of us growing in our faith is not just an end in itself that Paul told Timothy, I'm training you so that you will train other people so that they can train other people, that we would grow in our faith in God and we would see the benefits of knowing God so that we can be a blessing to the next generation and we can be a blessing to the city. This is what we want to continue to do. So on the macro level, we wanna be a blessing to the city. And then locally, we wanna help the next generation. And then for all of us, we just wanna grow in our reliance on God, grow in our faith. And when we grow in our faith, we will do those first two things automatically. Let's just pray today. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we're so thankful for all the ways that you have blessed us as individuals, as as families, as a church. God, we are so grateful today. We just take a moment. We say thank you for all that you've done in our past, in the church's past. God, we thank you that you are the God of generations that you are interested in the generation to come. And God, we pray that you help us to be a blessing to the next generation. God, we pray that you help us to have the next generation have a real relationship with you, an honest, authentic relationship with you. God, we pray that you continue to help us to be a blessing in the city. And God, you you would help us all grow in our faith in you to put our reliance on you. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you are here this morning and you have never put your faith in Jesus, not even for the first time, we're so glad that you're here today. This is why this church is here, to be able to help people move closer to Jesus. 
So if you've never done that before, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second and I invite you to pray along with me just as a moment where you say yes to God. The gospel, the good news is all about Jesus as we just read about. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. And because all of that happened, God can just offer us a relationship with himself by grace. It's a gift. And all we have to do is say yes to that gift. Or maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you used to be close to God. And you maybe feel like you're distant from God this morning. You know, God is not mad at you. God is inviting you close to himself again. So church, let's all bow our heads, close our eyes and pray this out loud, praying with somebody who might be praying it for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, the team is gonna lead us in one more song today and the choir is gonna be bold and come on out. This multi-generational choir that we have. Let's all stand up and let's sing with them.